2024 stock market predictions. We're going to tell you exactly how the market is going to perform this year. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by BitGet. BitGet is the most user-friendly and secure crypto trading platform for both beginners and experienced traders. BitGet is the best place to not only trade Bitcoin and Ethereum, but also all the small cap gems that we discuss every day. With 24-7 customer support, leverage trading, and a wide array of other advanced features, BitGet sets itself apart from every other centralized exchange. Through Beanstalk's official partnership with BitGet, you'll receive 15% off all trading fees when you sign up using the referral link in the description. All views expressed by speakers on the BeanPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeanPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh, Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing our personal predictions for the stock market in 2024. We're going to tell you exactly how 2024 is going to play out. Just kidding. We're going to make our best attempt at it because yeah. nobody has the perfect crystal ball out there. Obviously, we do a ton of research on this show. Shane and I spend hours upon hours looking at previous data, historical data, and try to piece together what do we think is going to come down the pipeline to bring the most accurate answer. And typically, we've done pretty well at this. Mm. So I think this is a very important episode. So make sure you guys tune into the end of the episode. For sure. So when it comes to the stock market, really, the, you know, the debate starts and ends with the global macroeconomic environment, because that is really what's fueling the big, big players that have billions and trillions of dollars buying and selling stocks. So I think we should just, you know, well, we can start the episode by talking about how the, the world is basically doing right now and how that's going to affect the stock market. And then towards the end of the episode, maybe we can throw a few stock picks that we like in there, right? Yeah, look, I mean, the stock market's been relatively up only for this entire year. Mm. There's been a lot of doomsayers, like the big crash is coming. Mate, we just had a huge crash in 2020. Yeah. We just had a down only for another year after that. Yeah. Like, how much more down do you want? For sure. The stock market's been up only for fucking 100 years, <laughs> pretty much, yeah, right? Like, there's yeah. some blips, don't get me wrong, yeah, but, like, yeah. come on. 100%. So, you know, there's the, the, the big words, the buzzwords that everyone's been talking about all year for two years now, inflation, recession, crash, right? Yeah. So, currently, inflation is coming down around the world, maybe not as quick as they wanted. It's still there, but it is coming down. Yeah. When you look at recession, you know, we'll get into more about these topics later in the episode, but this is just an overview. Yeah. In terms about recession, people are always predicting, when's the recession going to start? When's the recession going to start? Well, by some measures, we're already in a recession. Mm. But then by some measures, people will say, oh, there's not going to be a recession until after the election, right? There's also right. an election year coming. So there's a lot to discuss. I think what we're seeing and what we have seen over the year is how data has been adjusted after it's been presented. Right. I think we saw that a few times where, you know, certain data came out and it, and then right when the Fed was about to start talking about additional data, it's like, oh, we also ad ad had to adjust it yeah. after we analyzed it a bit further. Classic. Going into an election year, right? I think whatever party is competing for and is, is trying to win, obviously the Democrats are going to want to see themselves enter again. I don't know who's going to be the actual leader. I don't think it's going to be Biden. No. 
But if it's not Biden, that could also signal a potential like hurrah. Yep. You know, what if it's like Trump or something like that? And it's like, oh my goodness, we're going to have a businessman step in. And, Up only like the right? stock market was when he was the president before, right? But obviously they're going to want the data control in the stock market looking okay going into election year. Typically election years provide relatively decent returns. But yep. again, looming recession potentially. Yeah. So I think that one of the most important things that everyone that analyzes the stock market and when you want to make predictions about how the stock market is going to perform in 2024 is the interest rates, right? It's all yeah. about the interest rates. So, you know, the Fed has been tightening now, raising the interest rates for a long time since, uh, let's say, late 2021. Mm. Now it's been paused. And a lot of people are calling for them to pivot and start decreasing rates. However, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, recently came out and said, look, inflation is still around. Inflation in certain parts of the economy is sticky, which means that it's not coming down at all. And some of the core inflation uh, measures they use, which is, I think it's like without energy and food. Yeah. So it's sticky, which means that their job is not done yet. They have a target for inflation, 2%. And until they reach that target, they're not going to be bringing rates down. So my personal prediction is that interest rates are going to be kept paused for a lot longer than people think. Yeah. They could bring these, they could keep the interest rates where they are paused, not hike them anymore, but not bring them down for the entire year of 2024 or most of the year. Some people are saying, look, they're going to start aggressively bringing rates down. I just don't think that's going to happen as early as some people are predicting. I totally agree as well, especially in that election year, you know, whatever tie there is to the fed. Um, I'm watching this really closely because typically when there is a fed rate cut, it can be viewed one of two ways. Historically, we've seen a lot of crashes. That's typically when we see like that 30 to 50, 50% drop in the stock market, but it depends on how the rate cut is viewed. So if the rate cut is viewed like it's a, it's natural, it's like a natural progression. You kind of get interest rates come up and then they come back down or are they cutting it because there is a recession? If it's viewed that they're cutting it because there actually is a recession, that's when we could see the market tank. Right. Yeah. So according to my research, the market usually bottoms 12 months after the Fed starts to cut rates. Mm. So if you're looking at stock market prediction for 2024, let's say they start cutting rates in Q2 or Q3. That means that historically the market is shown to bottom in 2020, like halfway, three quarters of the way through 2025. So just because they're starting to cut rates doesn't mean that it's going to be a crash the next month, right? Yeah. It's 12 months after they start to cut rates. Yeah. So personally, my prediction is that they're going to pause, going to keep the pause going for a long time. Right now, the stock market and the crypto market are in this Goldilocks zone. Yeah, let's like stay there. Everything is appears to be good on the surface because rates are paused. The economy has not collapsed yet. And it's a melt up. Like really we're in a melt up in the stock market right now. The volume is lower than it has been over the past few years. It's exhibiting all the classic signs of a stock market melt up. Now melt ups can go on for a lot longer than people think and will eventually result in a blow off top. Mm. So I think what we're going to see in 2024 from the stock market is a continued melt up with low volume and eventually a blow off top, which could coincide with the election time. And then eventually the fed will pivot start to bring down rates, I think, towards the end of the year, which will then coincide with a market pullback bottoming in maybe the end of 2025. Yeah, I mean, cuts can be viewed as like a form of stimulus, if you will. Everybody's like stimulus, stimulus, right? Yep. Because lower interest rates, it makes borrowing cheaper. 
So that encourages businesses to go out and expand their businesses, right? Mm-hmm. In addition, it's reduced cost of capital, which means that they have higher profit margins. Right. So the forward-looking earnings could actually look a lot better because when they're borrowing, they're not to pay as much interest back. They're going to have a little bit more on the bottom line, that which could improve uh, in sentiment from the overall investor. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, it, when you look at rate cuts from the outsider perspective that maybe hasn't done the kind of research that we have, you think, oh, interest rates are coming down, more capital flowing in, the markets will rip. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a lot of the times in stock market investing specifically, you kind of have to be contrarian. If something's bullish, it's bearish, yeah. right? Yeah. If you think it's all good, that's when it's all bad. Yeah. And if you think the market is actually going to crater, it rips for 12 months straight, right? So you have to be contrarian. And that's why I think a lot of, of retail investors get caught off guard by the changes in these interest rates where they think, oh, money is now cheaper for companies and people to borrow. The stocks are going to go up. Well, history, per, history says that's not what happens, right? So you have to have a little bit of caution there. When there are a couple of headlines that came out, like Japan... Uh, made short selling illegal. And then there was also another one in China where you're not allowed to publish any bearish news. Yes. I think that's until like that lasts for half the year, I think next year. Yeah. So it gives us still another several months of runway, uh, which is really important as well. Mm. Um, So that's something interesting to look at as well. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think um, so the, the Chicago, the fed president, he just said, I think it was last week. He says a way to go before reaching inflation target as he, he says there's a golden path to avoiding a recession. There's a lot of people that have started to talk about avoiding a recession and a soft landing. And I think the more that these headlines come out saying that we're not going to have a recession and we are going to have a soft landing just makes me realize that we are going to have a recession and we're not going to have a soft landing, right? Because that's what they're saying. Yeah. It's the opposite. But when you keep coming out with these, neg- like when there are negative headlines, I think it, we see a lot in, in crypto. It's like people start shorting. People start leverage shorting and then they get burned because they think, oh, we've hit resistance. So we have to go down now because there's all this negative news. I kind of want this negative news to keep coming out. No, that, that's positive. And news. I know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is yeah. I kind of want to keep seeing yeah. negative news right, because right, people right. keep shorting. They'll get burned and the market will just kind of keep creeping up in this melt up situation. I mean, personally, I like, you know, we just talked about how it's going to be an election year, right? I just think that the government and the Fed is just going to keep kicking the can down the road. They don't want to pull the rug in the economy. We're in this Goldilocks melt-up. So I, I just think that it's going to be status quo at the moment. And, t- you know, obviously any of this analysis can be made void by if there's like a war breaks out between course, China yeah. and Taiwan, right? Something like that. Or, or, or AI comes and eats us all. Right. Then we're all, we've got bigger problems to worry about than the fucking stock market. Yeah. But I just think I can see exactly what's been happening for the past, say, 12 months. Just continue until basically the election time. And then things could start to change dramatically based on the results of that. Yeah. Um, it just seems that, I think, what, what was the, so people think that the Fed will cut rates by less than one percentage point next year. So if there's like a, you know, you can actually bet on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the average, like the over-under is one point. Now, in during a recession, the Fed typically cuts rates between three and four percentage points. Right. So if you interpret that data, if, if the over-under on what Fed is going to cut is 1%, but a recession is 3 to 4%, you could say that people are saying there's a 25% chance of recession next year. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, for sure. I would say that, I mean, personally, I think it's even lower. I think they're going to kick that can down to 2025. I think the recession will technically hit in 2025. Give it to the next party. Yeah, it's like, uh, here you go. Yeah, yeah, you take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. It's the classic, Yeah, right? if the Republicans win, it's like, oh, tank it, boom. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> Keep an eye on the jobs report too. The jobs report just came in it's way stronger than expected. Mm. So originally the rate cuts were coming closer to like 
the start of the year. Now they're getting pushed back to like Q2 as well. Right. Um, because like, oh shit, while the jobs report's strong, then maybe we aren't going into a recession just yet. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think we can both agree that our analysis and predictions for the stock market as a whole is we're in a Goldilocks zone. There is a melt up happening. I think it's going to continue for most of 2024. You know, obviously there's going to be some pullbacks, but I think what we've seen for the past year is going to continue to be seen until the election kind of time when you might start to see rates start to come down. And then I think things might change. Um, I just, I can't see, unless barring some outside influence, I think that's kind of my personal prediction for the stock market. Yeah, absolutely. Same as well. I'm seeing it kind of extend a little bit longer. I'm watching the rate cuts. I'm watching the jobs report. I want to see, you know, have we hit a recession? Are we going into a recession? Um, again, there's some lagging indicators. We might already be in it now and yeah. we won't know in for another six, seven months anyways. I mean, let's be clear. The global economy is in a terrible place. Like it's not in a good place, but the market and you know, your mom and pop shops on the street and families are, there's a huge disconnect there, right? Yeah. Like the, just because the stock market has been going out for the past year, people are hurting. People can barely afford food and rent and school and all that kind of stuff. People at home and their families and the global economy is not doing well at all, but the stock market is doing well because they're two different, completely different things. We're seeing that in restaurant sales, restaurant mm-hmm. sales globally have dropped significantly. And that's one of the first things you cut. It's like, look, yeah. I'm, why am I going to spend out you know, buy a beer for 12 bucks, or whatever, when I can just not go out and save that money for my family. So yeah, people think, are hurting. we're going to enter a pay- period of either disinflation, <clears throat> which is when inflation falls, but still remains positive. Mm-hmm. Or I think I can also see us entering, and this is, you know, maybe late 2024, early 2025, a period of deflation. And that's when interest rates, uh, that's when inflation just falls. And now people are just waiting for the next deal. Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of see that a little bit in the grocery store now. And I go, oh my this used to be a lot more expensive. Yeah. It's come down like two, three bucks. Right. Okay. Interesting. And I, you know, I'm trying to sell my skis. <laughs> it's like, nobody's buying them. I'm like, well, nobody's getting money. nobody has money. That's yeah. a huge indicator. Or the, okay. that means I'd have to drop them to sell them. So I can see this period of possible deflation or something occurring as well. Right. So yeah, I think um, for the stock market predictions, I think the stock market is going to see another all time high in 2024 as the melt up continues. So I think we should end this episode by maybe talking about some specific stocks or sectors that we would look at to perform well in 2024. And, and I'll also discuss some of the personal positions that I hold as well. Yeah, look, uh, some personal positions for me, I am all in right now on crypto. Uh, I think I view it as an emerging market. We had that emerging market episode we talked about where you have, you've had like a view of the, the stock market and what just happened, you know, with uh, COVID and all these things. It's like a forest fire came through, burnt down everything. Now you're having all these seedlings that are now growing these new companies and new, a new wave of money that can go somewhere else. You have real world assets, this huge tokenization. Think of all the money that can pour into that. Mm. So I'm looking at like, Coinbase, I think, could eventually be like a Web3 app that people are going to start transitioning to and getting away from traditional finance. I'm looking at the Bitcoin halving. So I like Riot and CleanSpark and yep. Mara, yep. all these. Um, t- so I'm kind of looking at those type of companies. For sure. In addition to the rise of small cap AI companies that are bringing something unique to the table as well. Yeah, for sure. So for me personally, AI is, is the sector that I want to be in the stock market. I think... As I said, because I think the stock market and specifically the NASDAQ are going to perform, continue to perform well in 2024 before the eventual downturn, I think you're just going to continue to see the rich get richer. So my money and my stock market is loaded up with all the companies that are large cap tech stocks that are becoming the established leaders in AI. So Tesla, I think a lot of people underestimate 
AI. It's like, they're robots, it's, right? I think got, it's a car company. Yeah, I know. No, it's stupid. It's an AI company, and it's going to absolutely explode when people yeah. realize that. Microsoft, obviously, they own ChatGPT, so I'm bullish on Microsoft. NVIDIA. NVIDIA is making the semiconductors that are powering the AI revolution. Google, the biggest competitor towards ChatGPT and Microsoft. And then I also have Amazon and Shopify because I just think that e-commerce plus AI, those companies are just going to continue to do well, especially as people, again, if people are trying to cut costs, businesses like Amazon and people starting business like Shopify, I think they're going to continue to perform well. They have so much, their market caps are huge, right? Like they have so much money. They can literally just transition into any, it's like they have purchasing power. Mm -hmm. They have all this money. It's like, oh, well, we can just start becoming an AI company now and just hire all the best developers and the best da da da, right? Like, they have the power to do whatever they want at this stage. For sure. You know, it's just eight companies that run the world. Another sector that I do like is uh, gold. Mm. Uh, if we see, you know, we see the, uh, once the, so maybe not for the first half of the year, but as maybe we start to go into a more volatile part of the year, yeah. maybe with the election and if the rates start getting cut, like that kind of stuff and volatility in the global economy and maybe conflict, we've seen gold really start to rip lately. And gold miners have been lagging the price of behind, gold. Yeah. right? So if you look at like a Barrick Gold or something like that, or maybe even some of the small cap gold miners we've mentioned previously, they're really lagging the price of gold. So I think that money could start flow from gold and some of these tech stocks into the small cap gold miners. So those are some to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you summarize our prediction for 2024? Let the good times roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're just going to continue to see a melt up. My prediction is melt up. Maybe light end of year. Stock market all time high towards the election. And then I think then things could all, depending on the result of the election. Yeah. The buck has to stop somewhere. The global economy is not in a good place, but I think we're in this Goldilocks zone. So look, enjoy it while you can. Don't be too bearish. Things are, you know, we've been up only. So the trend is your friend until it isn't. Exactly. I'm looking at the rate cuts. You know, I want to keep a very close eye on that. Why are they cutting the rates? Because we're entering a recession and they need to spark it again, the economy. Or are they cutting it just because it's natural flow of the progression. So right. interesting. That's how we see it. Hey guys, make sure you tune to the next episode. That one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.